Do we all see the same colors? What if Leonardo da Vinci, the greatest artist of all time, wasn't actually human? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This, this Paranormal Life! Yo! Hey-o. Welcome back to This Paranormal Life. This is the weekly podcast. Every week we get to the bottom of a different paranormal tale, case, or claim and discover whether it is truly paranormal or not. As always, you are joined by myself, Mr. Kit Greer-Mulvena. This guy, actually not in the same room as me. No, I'm down the hall. This is a this is a this paranormal life first, folks. That's right. Not quite recording uh, se- in separate locations, but in separate rooms. No, you might expect that someday we would record in different locations. Maybe you know some someone's off on location doing a secret investigation. No, no, no. We're in the same building. Yeah, I'm technically still on parole, so legally I'm not allowed to be um, beyond a hundred feet from Kit at any time. Yeah, the the offense was against me, which is the f-ed up thing, and I. <laughs> Whilst I have a restraining order, of course, we still have a podcast. They gave us one of those ankle bracelets, but it's not like one of those ones that starts beeping. It's like one of the ones from f***ing Saw. It'll yeah. just detonate and blow our legs off if we get too far away from each other. Remember Wild Wild West starring Will Smith? They had, I think, neck bracelets. That, uh... Did they? I never saw it. Wait, was it not a cowboy movie? Yes. Right. And yet... They they had <laughs> giant steel necklaces that razor blades would uh, seek and destroy them, cutting off their head. The technology was there all along. Uh, this is besides the point, ladies and gentlemen. As always, we have a brand new investigation to dive right into. Uh, thank you so much to Mikey G for sending this one into us at this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Rory, without further ado, this story begins on December 26th, 1900 in Scotland. One Captain James Harvey had been charged with delivering a lighthouse keeper to a remote island, one of the Outer Hebrides off the west coast of Scotland, a place called Illinmore. Ooh. And so, Captain Harvey and his men, plus the replacement lighthouse keeper, Joseph Moore, boarded the Hesperus in the mist on Boxing Day 1900. You know, you got Christmas dinners over with. You're done. You had a good time with the family. Now it's time to, to become a lighthouse keeper. <laughs> it's back to the real f-ing world. Exactly. Of, I like it. A lot of people back to the office. Uh, like you say, maybe the the leftover Christmas Day sandwich, you know, in their packed lunch. <laughs> yeah. This guy's on a f-ing boat, 7 a.m. to the Outer Hebrides. That's a harsh wake-up call. As they are sailing, Captain Harvey is staring into the mist until he slowly sees the large rock come into view. While he stares, he reflects on the island's history, how it's known as one of the Seven Hunters. They say that an Irish saint called Flannan visited Illinmore in the 7th century and there built a chapel. But there was always something different about these islands, Illinmore in particular. Shepherds used to bring their sheep to the island to graze during winter, but they knew never to stay overnight for fear of what might happen to them. That's a pain in the ass. (laughs) <laughs> well, you, you, you're just taking the sheep over to have some grass and then when it's sundown you're like oh jesus christ get him in the boat where are we again <laughs> cursed island how good is that grass <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of grass in the regular scotland by the way it's hard enough to shepherd sheep on land let alone across an ocean it's said that the shepherds even called the island the other country 
Everyone felt the mysterious air that surrounded this island. People who weren't religious were moved to pray while on the island. Some held bizarre superstitions. The men aboard Captain Harvey's ship had heard some even circled the chapel ruins on their knees. In the 1700s, a scholar called Martin Martin wrote that people... Not a real person. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. He's a very important religious scholar, uh, Rory. I think Did you'll you stutter? Find... What? You said Martin Martin. Is that his first and second name? No, I didn't name? stutter. Of course, he has two names. He's a pretty important guy. He has at least two names, probably more, if we're being honest. For all we know, it could be Martin Martin Martin. Okay. Martin's friend, Steve Steve. <laughs> all right, Pilgrim- that's enough. Oh. <laughs> Martin wrote that people made pilgrimages to Ilan Moor and would perform strange rituals, removing their hats and making sunwise turns on the island's plateau. Ooh, something that sounded like a druidic ritual from thousands of years earlier. I mean, I had never even heard this term, sunwise, but I think it's just clockwise, but it's like the <laughs> druid version. There's only so many ways you can spin. Yeah, which I assumed was clockwise and anti-clockwise. I'm not right. sure what sunwise. Maybe that's when your head decapitates itself and rolls down your back. Well, or I, something. <laughs> I have no idea. I guess it makes sense because clocks. Sunwise. Clocks. Have, I haven't thought about how silly this sounds. Clocks did, haven't existed for that long. So what was clockwise before there were clocks? It was sunwise. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? How did you spin in a circle? How do you spin the right way before a clock existed? You couldn't call it clockwise because there hadn't been a clock. I guess. And then I, it would be the way the shadows would move on a sundial. You're actually pretty smart. I wouldn't have thought of that. that but actually, you, you probably would have. You probably would have been king back in the day. With those kind of ideas. Uh, Whereas spinning moon-wise is how I think you get into Narnia. But in 1900, all that remained of the chapel were ruins. That begged the question, why build a chapel for an island that no one lives on? Legend has it that the Irish saint fled from the island after construction, claiming to be tormented by magical beings. Blanto! The men's focus snapped back to reality as they docked at Illin Moor. Except, immediately, something wasn't right. The flagstaff was bare, and more importantly, No one had come to greet them on landing. In fact, the landing wasn't prepared at all. Staring up at the lighthouse, they saw no signs of movement. Captain Harvey first sounded the ship's horn and stared up for a reaction. Nothing. Then he sent up a flare to light up the mist and attract attention. But again, nothing. Uh Uh-oh. Christ, maybe they're asleep. Let's go wake them up. The men tied the boat up and heaved onto shore, and as they walked towards the lighthouse and started the ascent up the steep steps to the entrance, Captain Harvey reported feeling an overwhelming sense of foreboding, as if something bad was awaiting them. When they reached the top step, and Captain Harvey reached for the door handle, it opened right away. It was unlocked. Strange, he thought. And as that salty sea door creaked open, it was dark inside but he could make out his surroundings. On the wall inside the door, there were three coat hooks, one each for Thomas Marshall, Donald MacArthur, and James Ducat. But there were only two large oilskin coats. Weird, he thought. Where was the other one? Further inside, there was a kitchen table set with plates of meat, potatoes, and pickles. Clearly a meal had been started here, but not finished. 
In fact, next to the table there was even a chair, but it was turned over on its side. Captain! What is it? Take a look at this, sir. The clock. I can see that it's a clock, man. I mean, yes, but it's stopped, sir. The clock is stopped. The men searched the lighthouse, but found no other trace of where the three keepers could be. Damn it. We'll need to search the whole island. Everyone spread out. But as the men took off in different directions, Captain Harvey thought to himself, None of this makes any sense. The first rules of lighthouse keeping say the post has to be manned at all times. The three are absolutely forbidden from going anywhere together. Second rule, don't tell anyone about lighthouse keeping. <laughs> no, no, no. You have to, people have to know about the lighthouse. That's the whole point of a lighthouse. Otherwise, people are going to crash. <laughs> That's exactly what they want us to do. Use this place as a beacon. No one must know about the lighthouse. <laughs> There's like hundreds of ships crashing into the rocks. First off, I think it's a pretty poor idea for the three men to instantly split up on this cursed island and go their separate ways into the mist. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It's a pretty small island, I will say. That's one thing about this picture that should be painted. Yeah. It's pretty damn small. I did. I called it a large rock in the beginning for a reason. And even that was a bit bold. <laughs> it's, it's a babble. <laughs> they didn't have to sail. They hop, skipped, and jumped from Glasgow. The lighthouse? A firefly. Of course. It was, it was a bug. That's why there weren't any coats. <laughs> Bugs don't have coats. Uh, that's pretty brave, especially when you're going away from the one thing that can pull you all back together. I guess maybe that's not a bad idea because then you could be like, hey, you go north, you go south, you go west. All of us meet back at the lighthouse. The, the thing we can all freaking see from the moon. Except you know on Cursed Island, compasses aren't working. Oh, hell There's no, no north. Wait, there, it's sunwise here. There's uh, no clockwise, anti-clockwise. The, the sea fog is coming in thick. I can't see my own eyes. He's a pirate now, by the way. He stopped being <laughs> Scottish. He's got on two pirate eye patches. <laughs> I can't see shit. <laughs> and it seemed he was right. The man returned from scouring the island. There was no trace of the missing three. If they had left, it wasn't on foot. Captain Harvey immediately set about sending a telegram to headquarters in Edinburgh. A dreadful accident has happened at Flannins. The three keepers, Ducat, Marshall, and the occasional, have disappeared from the island. On our arrival there this afternoon, no sign of life was to be seen on the island. Fired a rocket, but as no response was made, managed to land more, who went up to the station, but found no keepers there. The clocks were stopped and... Other signs indicated that the accident must have happened about a week ago. Poor fellows, they must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned or something like that. Night coming on, we could not wait to make something as to their fate. I have left Moore, MacDonald, Boymaster and two seamen on the island to keep the light burning until you make other arrangements. True enough, Harvey had done all he could to make sense of the men's disappearance. It was in the hands of his superiors now. And just a few days later, a senior member of the Lighthouse Board, Robert Muirhead, arrived at the island to investigate the unfolding mystery. This seems like a kind of a weird person to bring on board to help the situation. Because, I mean, you probably should bring someone who's like chief of police. Three people are dead. Maybe a, maybe a detective. You don't need we the head need... of the Lighthouse Board. Yeah, I did think that myself. Like, not even, like, yeah, ambulance people like that emergency workers of some kind yeah because you know he's gonna show up and he's like all right what seems to be the problem boys is there a light out you need a fuse change <laughs> three people dead all missing he's like what why'd you, what'd you call me over for it took three days to get here 
And you're saying I've come to an island where there's a murderer? You ever heard of the first 48? It's long gone. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a weird person to bring over. He's not going to be able to help the situation. Yeah, he, like you say, he brings just a shitload of spare bulbs. Yeah. They're like, you know it's one big bulb, by the way. It's not 50,000 small bulbs. Robert traced the same footsteps that Captain Harvey had taken just days previously, hoping to find something they missed the first time around. A clue. He found nothing. <laughs> Nothing except for the truth. The lighthouse logbook. Oh, okay. As he sat at the deserted kitchen table, he opened the log and flicked past countless routine entries to the most recent ones. But immediately, he was confused. In the days leading up to the final entry, there were mentions of bad weather, that over the days, this turned into a storm. The only problem was, there had never been a storm. At least, not according to anyone in the neighboring islands. Lighthouse keepers and sailors should be the first people to know about the weather. And yet, an entry for the 12th of December mentioned, Severe winds, the likes of which I have never seen before in 20 years. Wow. From going from apparently no storm to the worst storm of your life. I mean, these are grisly seamen as well. They've probably seen some pretty bad winds. For sure. The fact that they're saying this is the worst they've seen in 20 years. How bad can wind be before it just picks you up? <laughs> before it's just divine intervention. Before the lighthouse is carried away. Yeah. Like you say, these men are very, very experienced. Not a lot of people know, but to be a lighthouse keeper in Western Scotland, it's a birthright. As a baby, you're strapped Moses style to the inside of a small canoe. Uh, you're let loose in the fjords of Norway and you got to make it back to Glasgow. And uh, if you make it, you're a storm child yeah. for the rest of your life. Even more disturbingly, it mentions that James Ducat, the most senior lighthouse keeper, had gone very quiet. While William MacArthur had been crying and cowering in the corner of the room. That's not good. I mean, these things are like, these are like the space station of the earth. <laughs> They're like the old school space stations. Like these are yeah. the, the, we put the best of the best in here. They got to keep everyone else safe by keeping their cool, being level-headed. It's Galactic 12 shit. It's old school Galactic 12 shit. Yeah. It's not good if one is in the corner crying. Yeah, that's never a good sign. If you're supposed to be the light guiding ships away from sudden death, you can't be breaking down. You can't be crumbling under the pressure. You can't be spooked by heavy winds. Yeah. It's kind of... The point of your job is you can't ask for help because yeah. your job is keeping people as far away from you as possible. Yeah, you know there's a massive problem if you're seeing flares shooting out of the lighthouse. <laughs> you're seeing some kind of armed gunfight going on, just gunshots and flashes of lightning coming, flashes of light coming from a lighthouse. That's like the equivalent of a small sinking boat coming across the Titanic and being like, oh, thank God, we're safe. The, this massive cruiser can help us. And then you see, as it's ripped in two, and you're like, oh, shit. None of this made any sense. Even if they were right about the weather, why would experienced lighthouse keepers be scared of a storm? They were in a brand new lighthouse, over 100 feet above sea level, almost 150 feet, apparently. Why were they fearing for their lives? 13th of December, one day later, the logbook entry said the storm was getting worse and that all three men had been praying together. Then, after... I'm sorry, is something funny to you? This just... I don't know. 
Because first it's the Martin Martin thing, and now you're laughing at, p- at people praying for the lives. So what, of... what are they? What are they so scared of? This is what I'm eager to find out. That's what we don't. The know. storm of all storms, I guess. <laughs> they just look out that window. They're just seeing like the day after tomorrow. Start a 300 foot tsunami. Because <laughs> you just you can't come back to land and say you quit your job as a lighthouse keeper, and the reason is too stormy. No. Because that's what your job is. Yeah. That's like a fireman retiring because it was too hot. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. That is the job. I, w- I would love to see that. Imagine a plumber handing in his notice and being like, I'm soaking. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. It's the pool attendant who can't swim. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's going to have to take a lot to spook men who are supposed to be a, p- a beacon of safety. Then... After a series of routine details in the logbook, Robert read the final entry. Just eight words, dated December 15th. Storm ended. Sea calm. God is over all. Robert looked at the room around him. What did it all mean? On the coat hangers, there was only one coat missing, but surely they should all be missing. If there was the worst storm in 20 years, if the men had to go outside, why didn't they put on their coats? It was December in the Hebrides where the temperature is regularly freezing throughout winter. They wouldn't risk the cold like that. Why had they left in a hurry? And why all three at once when they knew it was against everything they had been taught? Robert went back outside to examine the surroundings. He did find signs of the storm. A box of mooring ropes had disappeared, broken off and washed away by waves probably. Additionally, a life buoy was missing meaning the force of water had been powerful and at least 10 feet above sea level. Wow. But how did that endanger the men 150 feet above sea level? Robert had no choice but to make his report to headquarters. I am of the opinion that the most likely explanation of this disappearance of the men is that they had all gone down on the afternoon of 15th December to the West Landing to secure the box with the mooring ropes and that an unexpectedly large body of water swept them away with resistless force. But it didn't convince many. Trained lighthouse keepers would never put themselves in such a blind and obvious danger. Not to mention, the bodies should have washed up eventually, if that was the case. Yeah. And one little fact about the disappearance that must have disturbed Robert at least a little is that this island is named after Flannan, the Irish saint. Every saint has a feast day, right? Flannan's feast day is the 18th of December, almost exactly the date that all the men went missing. What does he, what does he eat, though? Souls? <laughs> I don't know a lot about them. He likes coats. He <laughs> likes oilskin coats, beards, and... I mean, he'll take a lighthouse keeper, sure. As the years went by, lighthouse keepers on Ill and Moor claimed to hear strange voices calling out the names of the dead men on the wind. Wait, 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 wait. What happened to the feast thing? I thought that was going to be a big part of it. What's a feast day? <laughs> I feel, we we kind of went through it. We blasted through that real fast. So what do you do on feast day? I feel like we learned a lot about feast days... Uh, back in school because it's i don't know it's like uh, there's a lot of irish saints they all have feast days i feel I like know that we probably heard about them let me find out it seems like a feast day is just a day of like religious celebration so that could be anything so i think saint patrick's day is basically saint patrick's feast day. feast day oh um, okay and so in different parts of the world they might have like food or some sort of celebration but 
I guess traditionally it's just like a different type of religious service that day. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Apparently there's more Catholic saints than there are days in the year. So some saints Sometimes have to you share. Up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like being a twin, you know, you got to share the love right. a little bit. St. Patrick gets uh, breakfast and St. Martin <laughs> Martin is for dinner. Gets dessert. <laughs> yeah. So or maybe it's like a little bit of both. So it's like, you know, St. Patrick's Day is also St. Martin Martin's Day. So it's like, you know, for breakfast, you, you need to eat a snake, but also you can have a muffin. <laughs> so it's like combines together to make something. Getting mad indigestion from all these. <laughs> in the morning, we're celebrating this Mexican saints <laughs> feast day. In the afternoon, we got the Italian guy. In the evening, we got, we got a drink, apparently, because it's the Irish guy. St. Craig. St. Chad needs <laughs> us to do a keg stand at midnight. We're going to duct tape 40s to our hands for St. Chad. <laughs> St. Chad's Day. <laughs> oh my God, we're celebrating that in the commune. <laughs> That's our one holiday. <laughs> Let's bow our f***ing heads. Bow your f***ing heads, dude. Our bro who fart in heaven. <laughs> Hello, chase thy dames. <laughs> I thought you said Kylie and her friends were coming. We can't have a Chad's feast day without some babes. As the years went by, lighthouse keepers on Illinmore claimed to hear strange voices calling out the names of the dead men on the wind. At least up until 1971, when the last keeper left and the lighthouse became automated, ensuring no one would ever go missing again. See, this is the bit that you don't hear about, guys. The people don't complain about, all right? Automation is a dangerous thing. We're going to have robots taking our jobs. Yeah, sure. Sure. But some of those jobs are being the gravekeeper in a haunted graveyard. They're going to have a Roomba that does that one, one year, all right? Some of those jobs are cleaning po- human poop. Poop scientist. Poop, yeah. A poop scientist. Yeah. That'll be a ro- that'll be a Roomba <laughs> that sucks poop. <laughs> well, it's gonna be mostly Roombas. It's gonna be a, Pod- we're gonna be employing a lot of Roombas. Podcast hosts, of course. Roombas. Both course. both I and Kit will be replaced at one point by Roombas. Probably Kit first. Then I will co-host for a year or two with the Roomba. I've been a Roomba for the last year. <laughs> you guys didn't even notice. Kits in Barbados. This is what's gonna happen. You know, some of the dangerous jobs, like lighthouse keeper on a haunted. F- island right. is going to be done by a Roomba. That's going to be top of the queue. That's the one Andrew Yang is trying to take down, first of all. Exactly. All you need to do, basically, is strap a hue light to a Roomba, and you can control that thing from the shore. Because you know one Philips hue light LED is more powerful than a 1900s <laughs> lighthouse. They would go blind if they saw it. <laughs> and the survivors would probably, probably try and burn us as witches. People don't realize that there was called light back in the day the sun was a a tenth of the strength it is now but as for thomas donald and james as one author bob curran put it for many local people there was little doubt that they had been spirited into the other world i don't need to tell the listeners at home that the more than mysterious and suspicious circumstances of this disappearance mean that people have theorized paranormal explanations for what happened for over a hundred years. And that's a good amount of time to get some pretty decent theories in there. <laughs> you would think. Oh no. <laughs> and it turns out this island is pretty damn paranormal from the get. In the folklore of these islands, there are lots of cryptids. Right off the bat, you have five or six different types of water spirit. What? You've got the Kelpies, which you might have discussed before, which are kind of a shape-shifting water spirit. 
Right. Uh, you might you might be sensing that I'm kind of blasting through these because there's quite a lot of paranormal shit in the island. Kelpies is also the name. Don't get confused. It's also the name of the the North Korean sports hydration liquid right. uh, that is also in the market being sold alongside uh, chompies. We do have a lot of it. We have a lot of that as well to go around. So if you're looking for a, a quick fix when things are down, Kelpies. Yeah. Chug a load. That's insane that they went with that, isn't it? But... Chug a load. Yeah. Terrible branding. I think there was like a translation thing. We were like, by the time I sent the email being like, you know, RE, urgent, yeah, urgent, yeah. do not publish. It had already, it bounced the, back. The company dissolved. It, it liquidated, which is ironic for a hydration company. <laughs> I think they were, they were trying to get like the, for a minute, they were going to be the official drink of the Tokyo Olympics yeah. for the for the athletes, which would have been huge, a big deal for us too, um, until Tokyo found out what was in the drink, and then they banned it immediately. I think a lot of people got radiation poisoning. Right. But there's a new and improved recipe, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Where you mix a little bit of chompies in with the water. <laughs> Shake it up. And it's it actually- a delicious golden brown. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great protein replacement for... Let's face it, everyone's out there stockpiling food and drink. Throw in a little Kelpies. Chug a load. Chug a load. So that's right. So uh, we have this namesake, the Kelpies. They're a shape-shifting water spirit. Um, but then you got Blue Man. The group? <laughs> it's pretty much the group. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say it's pretty much the group. Because I'm going to go group. ahead and assume they're not on the islands playing drums with no, LED well, lights. No, of course not. They're, they live in the sea. Uh, but, no, it's not. but they are so it's not pretty much the group well they're pretty talented <laughs> didn't they they disappeared three men potentially apparently also they can control the weather and create storms it's not the group then the blue man group are a performing well, act they the blue man group have already done a lot of amazing things and who's not to say that they couldn't control the weather I, hey some of the stuff they do looks paranormal as shit so i can at least side with you on that uh not to mention shoni who's a kind of a sea god who you have to offer beer to so that you get a plentiful bounty of seaweed in the coming year. That's my kind of god. <laughs> Definitely. Is she single? You can you can sense that she drinks beer. God, that's that I'm taken. <laughs> she's got she drinks beer and she's flushed with weed. You definitely get the sense that's an older god cuz even the new god, like the god that most people worship He's pretty up on stuff. He can kind of read your mind and he's kind of everywhere all at once. He's yeah. pretty... He's pretty... He's the Superman. He's pretty t- metropolitan that way. Whereas Shoni uh, is a beer and seaweed god. So that's pretty cool. Does God have a kryptonite? I guess he wouldn't put that in the Bible. That's true. He would omit that verse. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Superman doesn't go around being like, hey, hope nobody's got any kryptonite around here. Yeah. You know, that's not a, that's a bad move. Or do you think it's just like a fun little kryptonite? He's just like, I just can't have Krispy Kremes. They're, oh, they're yeah. Too like, they're I, just, too good. I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. Because if, if I have one, I got to have another. I got to keep going. And I'm hooked. And I'm I, gone, I, I, so I, I made I can, the I, things. Yeah, so I can have as many as I want. And yeah. it's to just be never ending. I can literally click my fingers and remove my own mouth. I might turn Earth into a giant Krispy Kreme. I might eat you I might do it. You're little, you're, you're, sprinkles in my eyes don't you forget that my children you guys are delicious yeah that's right i've had a couple of you i've tried them that's actually uh, the bad ones i eat them <laughs> it's actually a psalm that they skip over <laughs> when they're in church they're like and the lord said you're all f-ing sprinkles in my eyes and so it is up onto you take this bread it is my crispy <laughs> take this wine it is my coffee that's my duncan coffee that's my duncan french vanilla latte 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, this year has gone by so quickly. What's something that you're proud of in 2024 so far? Go. Mm, okay. Uh, well, I managed to capture a deadly cryptid and lock it in my basement. Okay. And tell me, did mm. you take time to celebrate that win? Oh, yeah, not really. Uh, I'm scared if I let my guard down, it'll escape. In life, it's important that we slow down, acknowledge our progress, and set goals that inspire us. I can't even sleep at night. I'm so scared this thing is going to break out. When it comes to finding time for ourselves and our goals... BetterHelp can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. You can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. It's time to take a moment and celebrate your wins. What if the win you're celebrating is so big, no basement can hold it? Okay, you might need to move house. But for everyone else, there is BetterHelp. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Then you got your mer people uh, and regular water monsters. We don't need to dwell on them. We know what they are, mer people. For sure. Pretty classic. For sure people. And I'm not making these up. You know, I just threw in water monsters, but there is some amount of evidence for this. A German ship off the coast of the Hebrides in 1882 reported seeing a 40-meter-long sea beast. So we got at least one eyewitness report of one sea beast. How big did you say? You said the island was a pebble at one point, and this sea beast is 40 mi- miles long? <laughs> Meters? It's the, you can see it from space i said these guys were astronauts 40 40 meters got it okay which is pretty big i could wrap around this thing you could coil up the lighthouse and it really keeps going the possibilities are truly endless there are tales of werewolves uh, willow the wisp and even fairies so it's entirely possible that any of these cryptids killed all three men leaving zero trace or took them to the other world or they just Threw them around like rag dolls. Let the mer people have a go. Then the sea beast came ashore and decked them around a bit. It could have just been a paranormal party. It is something kind of interesting about this one because so often in our stories, the paranormal phenomena comes out of the blue. But actually, in this case, no one lived on the island. Yeah. They built the lighthouse. Three guys went to the lighthouse. Then the three guys disappeared. Right, right. It was like the island didn't want them. Whether this was people or a sea beast or whatever, this thing has a 100% kill rate. <laughs> yeah. And the ratio to, to normal human to paranormal beast is like 100 to 3. Yeah. They, they, they stepped into the wrong neighborhood. There's so many things at play that I wonder, like, do you ever think the people are like, oh my God, I could have sworn the other day I saw Shoni, the Scottish sea queen. And they're like, no, what are you crazy? Shoni doesn't, doesn't exist. That's just ridiculous. You know, I wonder if cryptids believe in other cryptids. That's an interesting point. Because we, we even say sometimes they're on another plane. Yeah. Maybe there's a lot of other planes. Maybe, you know, there's just a fairy plane. That's where all the fairies hang out. 
Yeah, they can all see each other. There's a lot of borders, actually, in the fairy realm. <laughs> they don't like other cryptids hanging out. But lastly, what if it's a different type of other world? Not a metaphysical one, an ethereal other world, but a literal one. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we're dealing with a UFO abduction here. Oh yeah. The goddamn glove fits, Rory. All three men gone at once without a trace. Here we go, here we go, here the we go. The paranormal. Go. I'm, I'm getting fired up. The, the paranormal yeah! bending of the elements. Yeah. The clock stopped as if there's some kind of electrical interference. Stop that asshole. Listen, the cool thing about this mystery is that it, it, it is truly unsolved. And for that reason, it's inspired many people. There's a Doctor Who episode about this thing. There's been two films in the last two years based on this. Uh, we got The Vanishing starring Jared Butler. And most recently, The Lighthouse with Robert Pattinson and William Defoe. That's what this is? Very loosely, yeah. Okay. The Willem Defoe, Robert Pattinson, The, the Lighthouse, that's a lot less based on it, but it is, apparently. Wow. Whereas the, <laughs> Jared Butler went very hardcore- <laughs> he went method he went to the <laughs> island you're like there are grays within the first 10 minutes absolutely thoughts wow all right hey i love this story this is a great one very spooky and a lot of different explanations um definitely love the ufo one that was kind of yeah. just thrown in there at the end <laughs> the uh, tokyo drift screeched into the <laughs> into the parking bay but it does make a lot of sense you know what is a lighthouse but a beacon to space if you are a, an alien gray looking for a place to park your, your space car, there is a light flashing in the, the darkness of the universe, basically calling you over to park there. It's so true. So that's definitely a strong contender. It definitely seems like, yeah, UFOs could just be dipping their toes in kind of human territories by going to pretty much tiny islands Yeah, off the coast of somewhere like Scotland. It, you know, it's easy to say that there's a rational explanation. I mean, of course, in any given situation, that's the problem with the paranormal. There's always a rational explanation. <laughs> the easy way out, the I call it. The easy way out. Um, the coward's way out. <laughs> At the same time, we got some pretty hard holes in our story here. These men would simply not leave the lighthouse altogether, put themselves in a situation that they would die. They were 150 feet above sea level. Yeah. They were praying for their lives when apparently there was no storm to be seen. How weird is that? And definitely the logbook is something to be to take into consideration. I mean, we breezed over the last line. God is over all. Yeah, that's really... I mean, fair enough. <laughs> I think that is his location. <laughs> but a, kind of an ominous thing to think it's okay to write in a logbook at your work. It also doesn't make a damn bit of sense because if they wrote that the storm has ended, sea is calm, God is over all... How are they getting washed away by a, a wave after that? Yeah, because it, it, they had implied that it ended. They were they were fearing for their lives, crying, all that. Then it's over. Then they disappear. If I, like, in my uh, old job, you used to have to uh, keep a log of the equipment that you had rented out from the studio. Sure. So if you were taking cameras out on work or radio mics, you'd have to log them in the system. If I just one day wrote <laughs> uh, one Canon 500... Uh, two radio mics, the sinners of the world will burn eternally. Yeah. People are going to have some questions. They're going to WhatsApp you for sure. I better not show up. I better disappear because that's a weird thing to write in a work work calendar. You just get an email. Don't come back. Keep the cannon. <laughs> you sound like a threat. That's a very strange thing to write. It, it would lead me to believe that um, whatever was going on, whatever the situation was, it was pretty dire. It was pretty extreme. Yeah. And defied all explanation. Like... 
we have character references for these men. And apparently one of them is like an awesome fighter. And he's the one cowering in the corner crying. All right. Well, that rules out mermaids. Because <laughs> you could fight a mermaid. You know, if you get them on land, they're done. Yeah. They're absolutely done. Yeah. No. You don't want to get them in the sea. Yeah. They're very much at home in the sea. Absolutely. No. I've been beaten up by mermaids before, but that was at SeaWorld. All right. So it was very no, much. No, that was a trainer. That was a trainer that you fought. You wanted to get in the, the pool well, with he should the dolphins. Have let me. He should have. They made it look easy and they made the dolphins okay, look well, like I'm smart just... asses. I'm obviously well, going to go in there. They're pretty smart. They kept bragging. They were like, look at this dolphin. Yeah, the dolphin they can jump through a hoop. And I looked at my brother and I said, I could jump through that hoop. A thousand times better than that dolphin. Hold my no blood way. light. I'm going in. And he tried to stop me. He had the audacity to try and stop me. Well, a you were pain. trying to bottle a dolphin. A <laughs> which is, it, was, it was a bottle-nosed dolphin as well. <laughs> I was trying to bottle his nose. You're the, right. the irony was not lost in the dolphin. They're pretty smart. I said, let me bottle the nose of this bottle nose. And I took a swing <laughs> at him, knocking the instructor into the water, including myself as well. And the dolphins, yeah. Not only can they jump through hoops, they can actually swing a flipper pretty hard. Yeah, he socked you. Yeah, I got flipper-nosed real, real hard, all right? Yeah, you didn't wake up for, for a couple days after that one. And now I come to to find out I'm no longer welcome at the Atlanta Aquarium. Of course not. That's not how I wanted to wake up, is it? <sighs> My point being... Right. Is if it's... You haven't met a mer person. I haven't met a mer person, no. but if they fight anything like a dolphin in the water... You don't want to mess with them. No. In the water. But like you say, land, it's like the UFC. They got no grind game. Exactly. You take them down, it's over. I say, all right, you slippery bastards, come and fight me on Mother Earth. <laughs> they all jump out of the tank and absolutely beat the they shit out of me. the shit out of you. <laughs> oh, oh. They're the other type of mer people. They got <laughs> legs they can kick the shit out of you with. I'm like, back in the water, back in the water. <laughs> <laughs> we jump we jump back into the water i drown they don't even have to fight me you can't swim <laughs> my arms are broken from the first two rounds <laughs> but the, what i'm saying is the character references were there these people should not be praying and fearing for their lives doing the job they've been trained to do and done for 20 years yeah there's enough of beating around the bush here roy what are we saying today is this story truly paranormal or not I think for me to come down and say that it's truly paranormal, we'd need a shred more evidence leading down one path. Right. I think the, the, the most clear thing that we had to kind of steer us towards the paranormal was the fact that the men would presumably be smart enough not to leave the lighthouse if there was a storm. Yeah. But that's kind of it. I mean, if there was any reason and they had left, then... They were blown away. They were swept away by the, the water. That's obviously what happened. If they were drunk enough, they might have done it. Yeah. And I don't know how much booze is <laughs> flying around this little island. I think a good amount. But I know Shoney likes to get on the sauce. Yeah. So they, she... got, they got a plug. <laughs> exactly. So that definitely could be a factor. I think I mean, if we look at the facts, all right, how many coats were there? One coat? Sorry, one coat missing, one which coat means that only one coat left the building. So they're pretty blitz. They didn't even bring their jackets. They <laughs> got that beer coat. Yeah. They had a feast, but one of the tables was overturned. As if something happened in a hurry. Yeah. Mm. It's a lot of suspicious. This is stuff. what I love about this. It's like a little Cluedo puzzle. Yeah, yeah. You kind of have to piece everything together. Yeah. This feels like a Poirot episode. Very much. Mm. Unfortunately, I'm no Poirot. Yeah. And very rarely is the conclusion to Poirot that it was paranormal. <laughs> There's Disappointingly usually... infrequently. Poirot was never like, 
I need you all to join me in the dining room where I will unravel this mystery. <laughs> and he's like, brought them all there, and it's like, Shoni, this is the sea queen, mer people, sea beast, fairy men. I've brought you all here to unravel the mystery. It's very much the butler, yeah. a rich woman, an I, old man. I think they tried it once. That was the end of the book series and TV yeah. series. <laughs> I've called you all here. Monsieur Julier, Bigfoot, <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Scarlet. I followed the giant footprints up the stairs. All right, just say it was me. Everyone knows it was me. <laughs> a giant beast Sasquatch sitting in a tiny French sofa. <laughs> Mrs. Scarlet, we're all Sasquatch. <laughs> you have to take me first. <laughs> Don't you get it? I love him. <laughs> no, Scarlet. They can't take us both down. <laughs> he just rips Poirot's head off. I feel like I sense where you're going with this one, Rory. Whilst we have a delicious Poirot, Agatha Christie-esque tale uh, woven in front of us, none of the loose threads can definitively be connected to the paranormal. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, I think personally it's going to have to be a no today. It's a no this week, unfortunately, folks. Fuck it all. That was like 99%. I was there. Yeah, I think we just needed that little push. Sometimes that's all you need. God damn it. But uh, I know the listeners have got to have their own thoughts on this one. Send them in to thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Thanks so much to Mikey G for sending it in. Guys, if you enjoyed this investigation and you just can't get enough of This Paranormal Life, let it be known. There are bonus episodes available, bonus content available over on patreon.com forward slash thisparanormallife. You know the deal. I'm sure you've heard of Patreon. This is where creators get to create content direct to their um, audience. And then the audience can choose however much they want to pay every month and get stuff back. So we offer bonus episodes. We currently do commune t-shirts if you're feeling fancy. And there's a big backlog of bonus episodes, which will keep you entertained. All right, you, you, you're not quite selling it here. You're not quite sexing it up enough. Okay. Right? This is a pretty Talk dry run. You know, you got to sell it to these people. They've heard this. Every podcast they listen to has sure. the same message. Oh, please give me money on Patreon. I didn't say anything oh, like please. that. I, I also don't sound oh, like that. I didn't say anything. I need pennies. Pennies. I didn't you gotta, say that. You got to big never, it up like I would this, never beg. Right? I would never beg. <laughs> right. All right, calm down. All I'm all saying right. is Sorry, go you got to sex it up a bit, all right, guys? If you want some bonus content, bonus audio, all right, the shit the public doesn't get to hear, this is a reverse okay. lighthouse, people. This draws in truth ships and slams them against the rocks, okay. killing everyone on board. I don't know if it's very clear If, if you want to risk offering, your but... life and the lives of your friends... No, don't you, to download do these that. bonus episodes, plug them into a boombox, and your just life. throw it out the window where it will be intercepted, psycho-dived through dimension it's, through it's dimension, and the truth will echo throughout the universe. It's a little overdramatic. It's it's five dollars a month. Yeah. Is that clear enough? Well, you, you left that to the very end, but yeah, I guess it is. And clear. they're pretty good. There we go. So that's how little, you sex it up you say they're pretty I good did, the sexing up was the lighthouse shit well, it was the lighthouse true. shit i did but uh but uh you know they're also pretty good and they're five bucks a month what is that that's a steal that's nothing that's, that's a cup like of coffee damn steal also by signing up to the patreon you will get an invite to the this paranormal life discord uh, this is somewhere we often forget to talk about, but it does exist uh, alongside our Facebook community, 
the subreddit. There is also this paranormal like Discord if that's where you like to hang out. And that subreddit is like a lighthouse, all right? But instead of steering away ships, it crashes them into the rocks. Okay, that's You're quite drawn enough. in. Well, you'll be bombarded with so many messages, so much no, no, no. paranormal you won't be bombar- nonsense. Be bombarded is bad. It's gonna, you're going to have to break your phones over your knees no, just no, no, to no. stay sane. It's very chill. It's like uh, we do a bonus episode every single month. It's, it's also pretty good yeah, and fun. Okay. So there you go. So this Probably is a little bit of what edit you want. That <laughs> Um, we should say we're recording this Wednesday, 18th yep. of March. Um, In separate rooms. <laughs> yeah, we did mention that at the top. Yeah, as, uh, you know, as of today, we're, you know, we're doing a little little distancing, sure, but uh, otherwise things are chill. We just wanted to let you know because, yeah, things are changing pretty rapidly by the day. So yeah. um, we just wanted to say stay safe, everyone out there. Um, be safe. Stay at home. Look after yourself. We are going to keep things as regular as possible, bring you episodes every single week. Who knows what's going to happen? If there is a time that like we're separated, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But for now, we're making episodes every week. Yeah. And at the end of every episode, we like to take the time to shout out those who supported us on Patreon. Let's go. Thank you so much to German Molina. Well, if it isn't German Molina, the burning German. Uh, German is a champion flaming cook fireman what are you flaming what do you call it whenever you bend over backwards underneath a pole oh uh oh shit what's going on with me now limbo 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 okay. flaming limbo champ yeah it's pretty <laughs> pretty stunning wow this thing is a fireball hovering probably seven inches off the ground that's insane the ground's hot coals by the way so he's it's still on fire Absolutely. everything's on fire that's what you know you don't get a name like the burning german that easily wow that takes some hot rocks thanks also to justin kipper justin kipper the work skipper he skips work every... The day he got hired, he didn't even go to the interview. What? He skipped it. This guy skipped school, skipped church, skipped jury duty. What does he What does he do? Why is he trying to get all that free time? He robs banks. Oh, he so, doesn't skip that. No, no, he, he's very much present for the bank robberies. Of course. And of course, you don't exactly want to be on ju- jury duty when you got a bank robbery at 10 a.m. So sure, he skips it. You can't exactly come into work and you can't for the be, daily grind. You can't be on the dock for the crime you committed <laughs> if you're in the jury. Thanks also to Anton Vervoet. Anton lives on a mountain, uh, except when I say it's a mountain, it's really more of a pebble. It's really right, more okay. of a Similar, sea pebble. So the island. Oh, He's a lighthouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, it says right here, address, Ilan Moore Lighthouse. That's there we kind go. Of interesting. Okay. Well, hey, I'm glad you're getting the pod. Oh, he's a Roomba. Oh, he's a... Ru- you, okay. They automated it. They he's automated him. Yeah. All right, well, stay strong, brother. God above all else, I believe, is, is, the, is the golden rule on that island. Uh, thanks also to Rocket Lawn Chair. Uh, if this is a business pitch... We're in. I'm in. Absolutely. I, I speak for Kit when I say it's a double yes. <laughs> Never has there been a day gone by where I don't wish I could relax all the way to the moon. <laughs> this is Shark Tank now. We're willing to put up a lot of cash. Absolutely. This month's Patreon money goes to Rocket, Rocket Lawn Chairs. <laughs> Thank you to Harriet Knight. Harriet worked out a sneaky little life hack that if you just call yourself Knight, they make you one. Wow, that is sneaky. Pretty straightforward, actually. 
Uh, yeah, so if you if you if you feel like you might suit a sword and a horse, yeah, just switch out the last name. That's why I called my son Rory Master Chief, in the hopes that he too would embody the great warrior. The fictitious John One One Seven of yeah. the Halo series. Yeah, it turns out Rory Junior is just pretty good at Xbox, and he hates his old man. <laughs> he got that from his dad. Thank you too, Mike Call. Mike Call, why won't you answer my call? <laughs> I've, listen, I've got a very, very lucrative, very, very limited <laughs> investment offer on a, a little, little startup uh, oh, yeah. called you might have RLC for short. Um, we need some seed investors. We need some angel investors. Uh, any investors we can get. We need some NASA investors ASAP. And ASAP doesn't mean for as soon as possible. It means for the Astral Space Program Association, which is I don't think that works. an off-brand version of NASA, all right? They specialize in, in selling rockets on the dark web. Mike, pick up the damn phone. Yeah, pick up my call. Thanks also to Fidel. Fidel, you gotta let me tell all you all about a very lucrative business opportunity all right right right, right. we can't say it enough we can't, do you have do you have in your possession any of the following i can't tell you the name of the business no 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 but just do you have any of Thunder the following wraps. rocket fuel a lawn chair a thirst for adventure starting to think <laughs> life insurance people mostly have, you have any? the last three and not a lot of people are gonna have the first one a lot of people have yeah life insurance a thirst for adventure and a lawn chair but really if you have the rocket fuel please get in in touch we got a, a lot of investors with the back half of that sentence yeah we really need the one guy thank you so much to matthew holder Matthew, how would you like to be a stockholder in one of the most profitable businesses in 2020? This stock is going up, 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 quite literally, literally. towards the moon, my friend. Do not miss out on the opportunity of a lifetime. You're going to want to get in. Thanks to Jacob Twist. Jacob Twist, the professional and all-time all-star judo wrestler. Whoa. Whatever situation, whatever hold you had it in. Whatever hold you had him in, he could twist out in a second. Whoa. You think you got him on the ropes? Twist! It's like a Stretch Armstrong type. Yeah. Type. Now he's back. He's got you on the ropes. He's dizzy as shit. Sure. He just twi- He twisted sunways for about 30 minutes and managed to escape. All right? This, this- is all in water, though. Uh, this is a mer per- person right here. A merson. So yeah. this would not work on land. Of course. Yeah. Don't, don't try it on land. You will explode. Thank you, too. Alexandra Lane. Owner of the very profitable bowling alley, Alexander's Lanes. Whoa. This is the biggest bowling alley. The only one that has a 100-pin bowling uh, scene, uh, possibly, you might have in the popular video game Wii Sports Resort. Quite right. Very impractical, of course, to implement in uh, real life. It takes about 30 minutes for them to clear all the pins off of the lane. Sometimes the pins just explode and go into other people's lanes. Did we mention the lane is a mile long? Yeah, your your ball just disappears into the horizon. You don't even you don't even get a score back for about half an hour. It's very it's a very difficult, frustrating process. But somehow people keep paying him for it. Thank you too, Mano Tebar. I'm just gonna speak to you, Mano on Mano. I wanna go to Debar. Alright? Just you and me. Go out for a little drink, some tequila shots, see what happens. 
What do you mean, see what happened? See where, I, see where the night takes us. It doesn't sound like you just want to go to the bar. You're saying, like, uh, let's get started at the bar and then see what happens. Maybe work our way up to a tiki bar. Okay. You know? So you want to do a bar crawl. That's quite a more extreme. Yeah, then see what happens, as in see what, how far we can make it up the road. If you're interested, just get in touch. Thanks also to Joseph O'Kelly. We've heard of Shoni, Queen of the Sea, mm. but this is Joseph O'Kelly, the King of the Jelly. What? Like the edible food stuff? Yes. Yeah. There's not a lot like, you know, Shoni has free roam over all the oceans. There's a lot of ocean too. Joseph kind of just hangs out in jelly. Like his little, <laughs> sounds bad. His little eyes are just like in the jelly. Which is mostly kids' birthday parties, by the way. So it's kind of a weird place. It's very often consumed by children as well. <laughs> he can't even see straight because he's jiggling around everywhere. Everything's red or yellow or whatever the f- color it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. He's not a god. I shouldn't have led with that. <laughs> he's more of a sprite, like right. a little demony sprite. Thanks also to Rachel McDougall. Rachel McFrugal, we're going to need you to change your ways. I know you've been living light your whole life, trying to save for that next big thing. I'm telling you, the big yeah. thing is here. This is it. This is it. And it's called strapping a rocket to a goddamn chair. It's not retirement. It's not university. So time to stop being so frugal and getting a little bit spendy, all right? <laughs> you don't want to be the one person left on Earth when we're all relaxing on the lawns of the moon. <laughs> beautiful green lawns of the moon. Thank you to Jayton Cox. Jayton Cox likes baiting cops. He'll call 911-999 and be like, you gotta help me. It's an emergency. I'm got oh, There's right, so much right. blood. I'm freaking dying oh, wow. here. Get your little piggy asses to the... That's a red flag. To the, <laughs> they should have known at that point. Get your lazy cop asses that i pay your taxes for <laughs> and they're like all right we're gonna hang up no 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 please don't hang up please don't hang up the, I'm actually the, blood, really, the, the blood's pouring out really freaking hurt uh and of course they show up and he there he's not there he's not there no nowhere to be seen the first time he tried it he was there uh, and they arrested him like on the spot he should have seen that coming but uh he, he loves baiting cops man thank you also to jeffrey hartman jeffrey hartman the hard man you know how, like, you know, like, the thing from the Fantastic Four? Of course. He's pretty strong. He's made out of rocks. He is. Hardman is even harder than the thing. He's, like, made of iron. He's like Iron Man, but inside, <laughs> underneath that iron flesh. I feel like Iron Man just curbed your whole idea here. <laughs> underneath that Iron Man exterior sure. is a thing core. He's got rocks underneath that iron. Oh. Yeah. So it's just if the, the thing was in a Tony Stark suit. Yeah, basically, Okay. Yeah. That's pretty tough. Yeah, you kind of you took the wind out of my sails there a little bit when you described it like that, but it's fine. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, lastly, but not leastly. To Daniel. Daniel is like freaking Iron Man, all right? He's got that tough iron exterior, but his interior is like a freaking jelly baby. What? He's like a, a flabby little swamp beast. It's basically that the armor keeps them all intact, but you could pop them like a water balloon. You know, he's like the opposite of Hardman. That's awful. I'm so sorry to hear that. I don't feel awful for him. He's got an Iron Man suit. And he just never needs to get out of the thing. Not only that, he does not need the rocket lawn chair. That's right, because he has the jetpacks in his feet. Exactly. Do you have jetpacks in your feet? Of course you don't, which is why you need to pick up your own rocket invest. lawn chair ASAP. 
Thank you to everyone we've just shouted out today and everyone we're going to shout out in future episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next week for a brand new paranormal tale. Stay safe and wash your hands. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, but you, you were different. Like you were real different. Bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.